This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. And I'm Jarrett Murphy from City Limits. And Ben, after many, many months of missing it, wondering what it was doing, how it was doing, waiting for a postcard, 421 might be coming back. There's a, a deal everyone's been talking about between the uh, Real Estate Board of New York and the Building Trades Unions with the governor's approval um, that uh, would would reestablish that benefit and include prevailing wages in, in some areas of the city. Uh, also means uh, a longer period of affordability, a longer period of, of affordability and of the tax break um, for at least many developments. Some of the details still hazy, but I guess the big question is there's a proposal on the table that has some support, so what's supposed to happen next? Yeah, I think this new 421A revival has seems to have the, the support of the key players, um, but the question is finalizing it, when it would happen. The governor is pushing a special session in Albany before the end of the year, but it's December already and the holidays are coming. And, you know, there's questions about whether Assembly Democrats and Senate Republicans are on board with all the elements that the governor wants in a special session. This is not a special session the governor's designing just to do 421A. He's got a whole bunch of things in there, including reforms to the positions of the legislators that they might not be on board with, although he's dangling this pay increase. So there's a lot going on. Um, but for them to go back to Albany on 421A, there's about three weeks where it, where it could happen, and then otherwise it would be bumped to the new session in, in the new year. And one of the things that's on the table is the memorandum of understanding around the $2 billion housing plan, which has been a, a source of tension between the governor and housing advocates for just about a year. Um, potentially that would be tied to resolving 421A. It was really interesting when the governor put out a statement saying there was a deal on 421A. In that statement, he acknowledged that the rest of the MOU money, the $2 billion, was being held up because somebody involved, and we're pretty sure it's Senate Republicans who are more closely allied with real estate, were waiting for a a 421A deal to release those funds, which could go for other affordable housing projects, for supportive housing, and the things that the advocates and providers have been um, protesting outside the governor's office about for, for a while. So we could be seeing a huge sort of windfall in affordable housing and housing development coming through the state pretty soon. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you think... Does it seem like right now the city needs 421A? I mean, what's your gauge of where well, that's that, at? That's the, one of the chief arguments of people who do not like this deal. Um, you know, I think the politics on this are interesting. You know, you have some people in the affordable housing community who, who like the deal, um, who are going to support it, I think partly because it is tied to resolving this issue around the MOU, and others who really dislike it, um, especially the nonprofit development community. And uh, some of the advocacy groups have always disliked 421A, think it's a giveaway to developers. They did not like the proposal uh, Mayor de Blasio had for reforming it a year and a half ago. And they really don't like this plan because it increases the cost more, appears to do that. One of their arguments is that that's a bad idea uh, in a city where resources for building the affordable housing under the mayor's plan are already tight. They might get tighter under President Trump. And they also argue that you know, 421A and how essential it is has been part of the argument among people trying to revolve, revive it. Um, but some people in the tenant movement uh, and advocacy groups see evidence to the contrary. They say that, um, you know, building permits for, for uh, residential units uh, were up a lot in the third quarter of 16, up 
150% over the same period the previous year, basically suggesting that things are back on track after a year that was kind of uh, stymied by all the confusion around 421A. Now, others will say that's merely uh, work that was sort of uh, in the pipeline or already planned coming out. Um, but it certainly is, is true that in, despite the absence of 421A and the increasingly dire uh, picture around it being resolved, construction has continued apace. So I think that's an argument that the tenant people certainly make. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the de Blasio administration that has this 200,000 unit affordable housing plan and real estate developers were in agreement that without 421A, new rental buildings, private sector, you know, pushed rental buildings, developed rental buildings, were going to basically stall. And we saw like a little bit of that in terms of new permits being issued, but there had been such a backlog, as you just alluded to, of of permits put in when people thought 428 was expiring, that it was hard to tell really where things were sorting out. Uh, and the, the de Blasio people over time expressed some confidence in some arenas that they could work without 421A. Sometimes that was for a little while, sometimes it was period. There are other parts of the tax law that can do similar things. But I think that the you know, City Hall's um, relative silence about this deal is, is interesting. I mean, Mayor de Blasio does want 421A restored. Um, he did not support the addition of prevailing wages to it because he thought that would put the cost to the roof. And he doesn't have any power on this because it's, uh, even though it's something that will affect city tax coffers, uh, it is controlled by, uh, basically by Albany. I think when there's anything happening through Albany, you know, we always have to be aware that the mayor knows him saying something could have drastic effects because there's so many different emotions going on right. with how the governor feels about the mayor and how Senate Republicans feel about the mayor. So the mayor might be in favor of the deal that's out there, but doesn't even really want to weigh in that way because he doesn't want Senate Republicans to say, well, well maybe we don't want to do this and give the mayor a win. Right. It's it's like, you know, do these shoes make me look fat? There's no there's no right answer <laughs> yeah. to that question. But the, the city has, on another sort of 421A front, was involved in this crackdown this week. With on, the state. With, with the, the state, governor right, and with the, the attorney general. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that, was, that was very interesting, sort of uh, one of the sort of procedural phases of 421A in the news. Yeah, I, I, you know, Real estate developers who get the 421A tax break are supposed to create affordable housing as part of their developments in order to get that tax break. That's the whole incentive here, right? And what happens when basically the city lets developers have the tax break, build their units, and doesn't check in with them about whether they're actually keeping some under the affordability requirements? That's what happened. Uh, people point back to the Bloomberg administration basically sort of looking the other way because they weren't necessarily as worried about ensuring that affordability. And so now um, I haven't gotten to the backstory yet of how this sort of came about, but the mayor, the attorney general, the governor have worked together to put hundreds of apartment uh, apartments on notice, apartment owners on notice saying you need to make right the on the tax breaks you got. And I think that's interesting. It's part of a sort of larger push by the mayor uh, in response to some of the concerns about displacement, gentrification, development in the rezoning areas that he's targeted, to say that, you know, we're going to try to do what we can on the affordability side for folks, but we also are going to enforce the laws we have better. We're going to enforce the Housing and Maintenance Code. We're going to take landlords to court. We're going to give tenants the ability to have lawyers in housing court uh, to some degree when they're facing eviction. And in this case, we're going to make sure 421A is 
is enforced. That's a, a big part of his argument in the rezoning area, something we're covering in our new uh, zone-in section. Um, and uh, this is sort of a, a more macro example of that. Say, say a little bit more about your, your zone-in project, because that's important here to track what's happening in the city. Now we're moving away from 421A. It's all interconnected, but right. these rezonings in the city that you're tracking very carefully, before you do that, you hit on something that's also very important for people to watch moving forward, which is the right to counsel bill in the city council. Is that going to move forward? There are um, now the the senior advocacy groups are actually the AARP and Live On New York that were big behind the mayor's um, MIH and ZQA mm -hmm. plans. They're now getting involved in the push to see this bill pass because a lot of times older New Yorkers are evicted and don't have representation in housing court. So we're seeing perhaps early in the new year a real push to have this bill in the city council that would require the city to fund uh, tenant lawyers if people can't afford them uh, to have that passed. And the mayor's been hesitant to do that while increasing money. Right, right. he has provided more money for that, um, but it not agreed so far to there being a right that the city would have an obligation to cover. Yeah, that's fascinating. There are a couple other proposals like that too. I think the certificate of no harassment bill is still out there that people want movement on. So it is interesting that as the sort of, we had the East New York rezoning uh, already passed, now we have another 10 or so neighborhoods where rezonings are being talked about or being proposed. Um, some of those will start coming up in ULERP next spring and you know in in line with some of the early sort of maneuvers of the 2017 election it'd be very interesting to see how some of those citywide proposals mesh with the politics around the neighborhood rezoning something we'll be covering in zone in on your own side i saw an interesting piece this week about the fund for public housing and some work it's it's done tell us more about that right so another piece of this big affordable housing puzzle that we're discussing is is public housing and um, we, we did an article, the NYCHA and the city started a new public-private partnership to raise private money to boost NYCHA. The city has a few of these, the mayor's fund, the fund for public schools. They've now launched the fund for public housing to try to get um, private philanthropy, and they've gotten some corporations already to give some big money. They've raised almost um, $100 million already that... I'm sorry, a million dollars, right? They've raised $900,000 that they are trying to boost funding for NYCHA programs from the outside. And so that's very interesting to see, can you convince the philanthropic community to support programs at public housing, which has often had sort of a, a stigma to it. And meanwhile, if you're on public housing under a new rule, you'll be unable to, uh, to light up a cigarette, uh, which is interesting. And some of the reactions to that have been Interesting. There's the public health case, uh, but there's also, you know, sort of a libertarian argument about personal agency. Nanny state. Uh, yeah. Nanny state, mm -hmm. you know, why should folks in public housing not be able to do uh, unhealthy activity if the rest of us can? Uh, and then I think the public advocate, a very interesting question about, well, when you put a rule like this in place, is it going to create new opportunities for, for friction. Yeah, tension, you know, it's almost like uh, it's another quality of life offense, right? And this is a regulation coming from the federal government, though, isn't it? Okay. That's right. Yeah, and so, you know, I think uh, Letitia James raised an initial response to this. She's all for the public health benefit, but who's cracking down on smoking in public housing, and does that create new opportunities for sort of these 
um, tensions to arise between law enforcement and members of the community where you already have a lot of those at play around NYCHA complexes, which have had high levels of crime, but also lots of arrests and lots of, you know, fines for small violations that don't go really policed in other neighborhoods. So there's already sort of higher tensions around public housing complexes. This could potentially add to it. Um, so uh, 421A on the, on the radar screen, the MOU, uh, public housing, and for us over the next week or so, the rezonings are a major focus. Uh, we'll be looking at the neighborhood of Flushing West, which was pulled back from a rezoning. There are some moves being made there, I think, to do some of the infrastructure work that was talked about as part of that plan. We'll have an update on that. Also, uh, Gowanus and how this fascinating interplay between the rezoning process and the Superfund process, which is there. Uh, and Chinatown, too, an interesting neighborhood where a kind of reversal, uh, folks and advocates in the neighborhood wanted a rezoning to kind of control development, have met some resistance initially, but now the city is moving toward examining that neighborhood, studying what can be done there. So those are some of the things on our radar. What are you looking at? Yeah, we're going to be looking at some of these neighborhoods as well. We'll, you know, talk with you in conjunction about how we're sort of looking at um, which rezonings are moving forward and what are the dynamics there. Some of these have slowed down. And as you said, there's elections coming up, both for the mayor and for local council members. So we want to look at how those dynamics might come into play. And then if 421A and this MOU are moving, how do they factor in with projections around affordable housing in the city? And how does that tie in with the city's efforts to stem homelessness, which continues to be um, you know, such a dogged, tough, tough issue? So we'll be watching Zone In and, uh, and uh, all the developments in Albany and, and City Hall. And we'll be watching you, Ben.